perfectly done. Look at the athleticism of Cox. He can go on the knob for third. 200 centimetres. You can't do that. Pritchard got it to Perkins. Threw a bit of traffic. Oh. The right foot, Nana. That is just class. It bounces the way of Jones. This is extraordinary now. Picked up by Stringer. One-handed. On the right boot. Jake Stringer. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast, episode number 146. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is two blokes that have known each other forever who catch up most days in the Melbourne CBD for lunch to talk everything Essendon Footy Club. My name is Grant and with me is Scott. Hello everyone, uh, good to be back. It's been a long time for our main show. Uh, I think it's been almost five or six weeks now. So yep. I hope you like the the new intro. We just tried to update it with some, I guess, some more some current of the young players. Kids, yeah. Some of the young kids. Uh, so just to put a bit of a fun vibe to it. And Jake Stringer. And Jake Stringer, <laughs> <laughs> who's the funnest player to watch probably. Still um, not happy about having Yeti Maguire on our, on our opening music, but I'll take it because it's a goal it. from Stringer. Yes, exactly. So look, uh, lots to cover. Obviously... The draft, trade, and rookie selection has all been completed, so we thought we would get back on the uh, the podcast mics and have a discussion about it. We're going to how good Adrian Dodoro is. <laughs> yes, we're going to do it in a couple of segments. We'll just do a quick intro ourselves with our quick thoughts. We've got Ed Pasco joining us on Zoom in the second segment. Just to he's going to go through all the four guys uh, and just talk about his. You know, obviously he's. Guys who he's studied the, these guys almost since they were 15 and 14. So we, he can give us a, a really good rundown about what their strengths, our weaknesses are, what we, what we can expect. But uh, look, it's a, it's exciting times for the club. I always love, I mean, I'm, I'm a sucker for the, uh, for the draft period. I love seeing new kids come into the club. Uh, last year, obviously, we had an enormous amount of fun watching some very talented kids come, yeah. come on board. Um, and this year, look... Uh, I must admit, uh, we've got the four names, Ben Hobbs at pick 13. Uh, with the enemy, we had Alistair Lord, uh, we had Patrick Voss and Garrett McDonough. Uh, well said. And, and, you know, really interesting draft, let's be honest. Uh, so let's, let's sort of, I thought, let's get the elephant out of the room because, I mean, there's been a lot of talk. It's an elephant. Um, and look, I think Dodoro actually has mentioned this himself, so it's, it's no secret they obviously had a few names in mind, um, but very understanding that they too, they only had a pick 11 and, and then two picks in the 50s as the night started. Now, we all know went to pick 13 and because of all the father-son selections and everything, we ended up getting down to pick 46 um, and I think around about 50 or 51. So, but let's be clear, our, our hand was severely... Uh, dealt a blow as far as leverage to try and trade up for guys that that no Why? no doubt slid down. So so th- for me, this is how I see it uh, because there's probably a little bit of frustration out there. We all saw Arlo Draper, um, you know, around. I think the Pies got him at pick forty five. Um, we saw Arthur, which uh, Ramanaskis had mentioned that Essendon. Is uh, was uh, heavily into uh, go at pick forty three, uh, so the, you had some real good talent. Um, I don't know if the word slide because it, it's almost like a, an indictment on the you don't slide uh, on, to forty. Yeah, on recruiters who 
who actually may say to us, you know, we actually study these guys. Um, what you think is a slide is just more what um, Phantom Drafts are telling you as a slide. But mm-hmm. we actually, our intel says, no, this guy is exactly who he is. Yeah, you slide, from, you slide from pick seven to pick 13 or something like that, right? You don't yeah. slide from pick inside the top 20 to 42. So, so yeah, interesting. Um, so, yeah, there's some names. I guess we'll just say there were some names that were expected to go earlier and they were obviously visible towards our secondary selection. But you've got to ask yourself, what were we trying to achieve? Do, do we want to go all youth? Did we did we specifically get only get all youth? Youth because then he had the opportunity to draft all youth, but we got we got who we got at um uh, in Hobbs, who is a brilliant selection, right? And he he became available to us because the interstate players or the interstate clubs picked up all the interstate players, right? But you got to ask yourself when you get down into the fifties and stuff like that, what are we trying to achieve? And it comes down to well, let's keep talking, but it it comes down to the needs of the club. And it doesn't just come down to the kids. We don't just need kids. We need kids and or players that can play in certain positions. Yep. So when you look at it like that, what he drafted was a hardball midfielder. And now hear this. I genuinely don't want to hear another word about Essendon having a big-bodied mid. We need a big-bodied mid. We've got to have a hard-bodied mid. We've got to get a big-bodied mid. We now have him. Right, he may not play next year. He may not play until the season after, whatever it is. But we have, uh, as available today, the best big ball, the best contested ball getter in Australia. He he's now with us, right? As a junior, yeah, as yeah. a junior, right? As a part of, apart from Horn Francis, he's the best contested ball winner in the in the country right now. So we've done the best we humanly can to get that, and then. What else do we need? We needed a small halfback. We got Kelly. We've got um, another kid from Richmond who, if anybody remembers Sam Durham, we know how to pick him. So we've got another kid that's got an in- a guy, a, a <laughs> 25 adult, year he's old, 25, yeah. right, um, with an incredible left boot who could come in and play um, a role for us at any moment, right? Then we went after who was I was very surprised about, Ro- uh, Voss, big, tall-looking, um, youthful midfielder, and then a kid that is – Hindy 2.0, right? Hindy if he was still in high school. So ask yourself, what did we need from that draft? Not just we missed out on kids. Well, I get your point, but I think, and this is where an interesting discussion is. So I think the club identified two months ago, right, that they needed some added depth as a small forward. So what did they do? They talked to the Suns, uh, Roses uh, from the Suns, and he eventually told the club, no, he's going he's gonna to stay in their program. So that was, you know, the strategy was still there. We went after him. Yeah. Bobby Hill uh, obviously came on next. He was awful close. Wanted awful desperately close to get to Western. It wasn't a case of we had yeah. to talk him into it. Um, and GWS... They have every right to say no. I felt that the whole thing was a bit strange and a bit almost weirdly vindictive in the end. But they, you know, we actually gave them a very, very good offer uh, and they said no. So we're keeping... And you made a good point about the fact that GWS are probably looking at Essendon going, we don't want to make these guys any more strong. Like if we give up this kid, it makes Essendon much stronger um, and we're going to have to play him in the finals, right? So... I can understand why they won't let him go. But again, the intent and the understanding of what we need as a club was there. Yeah. And we actively went out and tried to got it. Tried to get it. Yeah, we went after Arthur. 
um, and who fell to pick 43. You could clearly see Dodoro frustrated when Arthur was selected by the Bulldogs. Um, and he's, a, again, an uh, Indigenous small forward, exactly what we needed. So we, we just had some rotten luck in, in some ways. Um, but I thought personally our plan Bs and Cs were spot on. Uh, and that's where more I just didn't get some of the narrative because there's no small forwards after that. There's, you know, the only one I can think of is Fajo Jr., uh, which I won't say too much, but I think there's a, a little bit of a lot. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a little bit. Uh, watch this space on mm. that name, um, uh, and yeah, I'll leave it at that. But what did we have to trade with at that point? Well, yeah. We, apparently, we tried to trade a future second round pick, which is obviously a very good pick for. We're talking in the pick forties, mm. right? If you're trying to do a second round pick, and clubs understood that there was such good talent in this draft that they didn't want to give up their picks. And so, uh, you know, people don't know what me and Grant do a living. We do procurement, right? And you, your deal is only as good as the as your supplier. Mm. Uh, they can say no at any time. And and there's various reasons why they say no. And you can try and sort of get them over the line. You can try and go, <laughs> okay, so I'm going to have to give up a little bit more here to get the player that we needed. So we're trying to give them future second rounds and we're trying to sweeten the deal. I mean, we, we threw the kitchen sink at um, GWS for Hill. We, we offered more than what that kid's worth. Now, if you get to it, like you said, in, in procurement and in, in negotiations, you get to a certain point at which you know you're giving overs. Yep. You're paying overs. And then at some point, if GWS just keeps saying, no, we want the title to um, Tullamarine, then you just have to say, well, now you're being silly. And the deal just can't get done. <clears throat> Pardon me, as good as Dodoro is, and as hard as he would have been working to figure out a deal that works for somebody to get the small forward that we need, it yep. just it couldn't happen. It, it, there, was, there wasn't enough yeah, available this, to happen. The strategy was fine. It, it just... You you had pick eleven and like I said you had you just had well, ended up being thirteen and forty six you just had unfortunately that second round pick missing which was obviously crucial for because you could easily have gone up the up the chain if we had a second round pick like I'm not complaining because we got Coldwell with that second round pick so I have no issue mm -hmm. with us trading that because Coldwell I think is going to be a very very good player and really help out with Ben Hobbs as guys who are are really heavy. In and unders. In and unders and contest over the ball. I think the, the landscape of our midfield is going to change quite a bit with those two guys playing. So I have no issue with that. But I just think there needs to be a little bit of understanding that we didn't have much leverage going into that draft. Mm. Uh, understand some players, really good players around the pick 40, but we just could not, you know, everyone knows that we tried our best to try and get back down some further picks to get, you know, like we did with Jones, right? Uh to try and get back into the draft. It didn't happen. Uh, you know, I've I've met one recruiter, right, And because we ended up getting Alistair Lord at 46. And he had him in the 30s. But he said, look, you on the night of the draft you recruited this kid, he's 17 years old. And I know he turns his birthday only a couple of days later. But he's very, very young. And he got injured for most of the year. But when he played and came back, he was absolutely electric. And he said, I have absolutely no doubt in my mind that this guy will be probably better than Nick Hind by, mm. the, by the time his career's finished. And this and this is a, a guy who was a draft expert, said, look, this guy is a really exciting, probably will be the most exciting player out of this draft uh, to watch. 
He said, so don't ever think any, this is a private message to me, don't ever think that they didn't get a pick right because Alistair Lord is going to be mm. a real gun. Uh, so Watch yeah, his I'm highlights, not, man. He's a yeah. left foot, right foot. He's stepping off the left, off the right. He looks like Hindy 2.0, right? He's, yeah. he's evasive. He he takes on the ball like you can see him. He knows when he's got a step on you because then he takes off. And there's very, very few that will be able to catch him. So, again, you've, what do we need? We need small defenders, um, people that can potentially run with Charlie Cameron or Charlie Cameron-like players. Now, we picked up the, the kid from Kel, uh, from Adelaide, Kelly, for zero, for nothing, right? Yeah. Now, if that kid can do what um, he's been doing in Adelaide for us, bang, there's that problem solved. Um, and then you've got this Lord kid and Hindy, um, who yeah. could potentially be the next, or Hindy, uh, the Lord kid, could be the next 10 years worth of Hindy, which has worked so well. So, mate, I'm, I, I, everybody knows how much I love the man and how, how, how significantly underrated I reckon he is and the importance that he has for this club because everybody, big-bodied mid, check, right? And then again... And it's a really big pick. Like, I, I don't want to just... I know you spoke on Hobbs, but can I just mention, you know, we are 17th in the AFL in contested possession. It's not just a need. You know, we made a final right. Then, you know, when the, when the heavens opened up and you needed contested footy, we got found out big time. Yeah. Uh, and you got Parrish, who's really good at clearances. So he's really good at centre bounce clearances, right? You have a look at the data around stoppages around the ground. Yeah, we get killed. We get killed. Hmm. Uh, and, and then clearances. We, we're only 10th in clearance of the AFL. It's mainly because it's around the ground. We needed, you know... Uh, uh, fit Coldwell, I'll say, and if, if Ben Hobbs turns out to what I think he will be, the yeah, so much changes in, in how in, in what we can do as a midfield. It, to me, it really is a Joel Selwood kind of. Uh, we, we said this a while back. I mean, yeah. if, if we get that hard-bodied mid right with Coldwell, who's going to be underneath there, McGrath doesn't have to be under the bottom of packs. He can be he can be a handball outlet. He can be half back, half forward, half back, half forward, wherever he, he needs play, to be. Like if you actually need this, I'm not, I'm being deadly serious. If you uh, if you feel like your small forward is actually having a quite a bit of an issue during the year, say there's just injuries or whatever. Um, Andy McGrath is a very crafty player. Mm, damn right, you could easily put him in the forward forward line and say. Rove packs because I mean you watch him kick for goal he rarely misses mm. uh, and he's really deadly around goal so I think that's the beauty of having another gun midfielder coming into the program because it allows a Langford half forward it allows now just that's that's big don't go past that just yeah. quietly either Langford spending more time forward of half forward mate that that equals yeah. you said to me that equals potentially three goals a game. If he can concentrate on being inside 50 or at a half forward flank permanently and moving up to yeah. a wing to take some marks, like he's very, very dangerous um, in that position as well. So it makes Stringer not have to run through the midfield as much because as much as I love Jakey and he's looking fit as a fiddle um, this year just quietly, um, I'm not sure what um, the tears of angelic um, angels, they fed um, Stringer, but he was running around like a pup last year. Yeah. And I wonder how many years he's got of that running around like a pup crashing packs in the middle. So the quicker this uh, Hobbsy gets himself into a gym, picks up heavy stuff and puts it back down again, Stringer and doesn't have to do it. And to be honest, it doesn't look like he needs that much. No. He's actually quite well built. But Absolutely. You're right. I mean, Stringer's role could st 
still be in the midfield, but it could change slightly. It might not be the bash and crash. Pit, but it could be pitch it could be It could be handball out to string out and off he goes. Yeah, big time. Which is but just the other thing too is that, I mean, if they're going to swap um, Hobbsy and, and Stringer, yeah. imagine, if, imagine if Stringer starts in the middle and, okay, Hobbsy maybe probably won't replace any sort of our starting midfielders in the middle yet, unless we make a decision to send um, McGrath back or McGrath forward or something like that. Um, so... Uh, if they've got Hobbs in the middle doing really well, then they can swap with Stringer, and that's a nightmare for him as well. Then they swap back to Hobbs, that's a nightmare as well. We've got options now with with Hobbs as a uh, an in and under mid. So maybe it releases Shield to um, head to a forward line as well, or use his Ferrari like uh, body out on a half forward or on a wing or something like that as well. So the m- massive draft. I, it's a great. It's a it's a it's a win for the club. It's a great win for the club. Is it pick eight and Reedy and Perkins? Probably not. That's a freak draft, and we've done exceptionally well, mind you. Joey D and Sard going helped us with that, right? But to pick up the best contested player in the comp, um, and then um, a kid who could be anything in Lord and the Voss kid. I tell you what, have a check out the size of that kid. <laughs> the don't argues. Yeah. He's a massive unit, that boy. So yeah, look, really excited. I'm with you. I love this time of year. I love the kids coming in, and I love to see what they can do. So, look, we'll go to a break. We'll we'll get Ed on the line. We'll talk about – I went to training on Friday and training today. So uh, I'll also have on the third segment, I'll, I'll do a bit of a training sort of where, where I'm seeing the list, who's who's training well and uh, and everything and, like that. So And if Scott's boss is listening, he didn't. <laughs> yes, I didn't go. I, yeah. I, I, I picked up on a stream. Yep, the that's what happened. So, yeah, we'll, we'll talk to Ed after the break. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Now, joining us today um, for a very special um, post-draft um, review is AFL Draft Central's Ed Pascoe. G'day, Ed. How's it going, fellas? It's great to be back on again. Yeah, Ed, we obviously spoke to you prior to the draft about who we might have uh, interest with. Uh, I think we all mentioned the Wangley and Wangani Malera's and all that kind of thing played out, which we'll, we'll go through a little bit later. Played out probably a little bit different than what we thought in some ways, in good ways, in some ways, in like a little unfortunate. <laughs> but uh, but uh, I wanted, I guess, uh, first of all, I mean, you obviously study these kids, um, spend a kind of a year looking at their games. How it felt like to me anyway, the top 12 or 13 kind of played out, maybe in a little bit of a different order, but it, it played out to as expected. And then I don't know about you, it felt like a bit helter-skelter after that where um, recruiters just had a different different eye or different view from what they see to what maybe Phantom Draft saw. How, how did you see the whole night play out? Yeah, um, I mean, for the most part, no matter where they were picked, I mean, the Players that you expected to get picked up did end up getting picked up. So just looking at my own personal top 40, only one player from that top 40 didn't get drafted. Yeah. So that's usually a good sign that, you know, everyone kind of has the same similar players. It's just a relative of order. But that's just been the thing for all year. Like 
it's always been said that you know from about 15 onwards it's you know really even and yeah some some club could really prefer one player and one club could prefer another i mean you look at the likes of Blake Howes and Arlo Draper, who went a bit later. I mean, those two players were probably thought of pretty highly by teams in the top 20, but they wouldn't have another pick later on like Melbourne did. I mean, I mean, Melbourne probably thought, geez, we've got Howes here. We were debating with him with our top 20 pick. So you, you definitely get situations like that where only one or two clubs will rate a certain player, but, you know, all those other clubs won't. They'll have certain players that they really rate. I mean, Sydney taking Angus Sheldrick, I mean, there probably wasn't many pl- uh, uh, clubs that would have expected him as a top twenty prospect, but Sydney certainly did, and they weren't that they didn't hesitate pulling the trigger. I mean, there, there is a little bit where uh, clubs will go, oh, we think this player will be available later, so we'll save them for then. But there will be other clubs that go, no, we really want this player, and we don't care if anyone else likes them. We're just going to pick them now, so that's it. They're done, and you don't have to worry about it. And especially if it's an even draft, you can go, well, we're not too worried if we don't get that player because there's another player we rate just a little bit behind that we could still pick up there anyway. So, yeah, yeah it's um pretty pretty good pretty good draft overall. I thought there's still some pretty decent players that didn't end up getting picked up that that you'd love to draft. So either it makes for some good selections in the uh, SSP part uh, afterwards or it'll just make the under-19s year next year really strong as well and the mid-season draft looking potentially strong. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, that's the interesting part um, uh, because we won't be talking about that later. So we might go through our four selections, but the, the fact that Essendon actually has two list spots available does make it very interesting um, because it, it can be a needs-based kind of selection now um, to to just, you know, check out where the list is at and where where is our depth a little bit weak. Uh, so Nowhere. Uh, so... Look, probably to both our surprise, because I know you had Ben Hobbs around number five. Would, I, would that be right? Yep. Uh, so you had Ben Hobbs going around about – well, I, actually, I shouldn't say that because you didn't say he's going at five. You actually – you do your list from what you think talent-wise. Am, am I correct? Yeah. yeah. Just a, yeah. It's an important distinction on not that you think he's going at five, you think he's the fifth best player in the draft. Um, so we get to pick number 13 – uh, and Ben Hobbs is available, <laughs> and we select him. What What are your instant thoughts? Is it surprise? Is it like, it, what are your thoughts? I mean, definite surprise. I mean, not for the whole year, I didn't expect Hobbs to be taken outside the top 10. I, I thought it was a guarantee even, you know, a week before, but as soon as uh, Toomey put out his fandom draft and I saw Hobbs at 13, I've gone, wait a minute, that can't be right. Something's gone right there but um yeah it ended up happening that way and um, i don't think essendon really put much time into hobbs thinking ah he's probably not going to be available to us anyway but yeah. you know as soon as, as soon as he's available you go oh geez we might want to start uh you know maybe having a chat and doing a little bit more research but um i mean with hobbs you don't even need to do that much research i mean he's a player that plays the same way every single game he's one of the most dependable midfielders in the draft you just know he's going to give a 110% every week, he's going to run hard, he's going to tackle, he's going to win plenty of the ball, he's going to go in and under. Uh, so really, for everyone to see, he was a top five-ish type of talent. But, uh, uh, you know, some clubs need a certain type of player or you had a few interstate clubs as well that, you know, they wanted their WA player or something along those yeah. lines. So uh, yeah. happy. 
happy enough that he falls to us. I mean, we don't have a lot of uh, players like Hobbs that are pure contested beasts, whereas other clubs in that top 10 probably do have that type of player ready-made to go. So I can see, kind of see why he'd slip that far, but I'd be shocked if when not looking at this draft 10 years' time and people going, how the hell did Hobbs get to number 13? Yeah. And look, uh, just a, a quick apologies. Um, we know that just sometimes there's a little half-second pause. We've just got a, an internet connection on Zoom issue, but we can definitely hear you, Ed. It's just sometimes uh, it, there's a little half-second pause, <laughs> but the actual word still comes out in the end. So, uh, uh, so please bear with us. Uh, so sorry about that, listeners. But uh, uh, look... I guess with Ben Hobbs, tell us tell us about him, the player, uh, because from what I read is is you know I feel like I'm reading the resume of Joel Selwood at age age eighteen. How do you? What are we looking at? Yeah, I mean Selwood is definitely one of the players I would consider. You know that type of player that Hobbs is. I mean he's just a contested ball, hard and in and under. He's tough. He's uh, he. He tackles hard. He wins plenty of the ball. He knows how to win it. He's a smart player. Uh, he runs both ways. He's definite leadership qualities as well. So he's just one of those players that it, you, you can just tell sometimes with certain players when you see them through the draft. I mean, Matty Rao was a, a good example of, you know, just ready-made inside balls that still have a certain amount of athleticism about them that you're not worried that they're, they've peaked too early or something along those lines. I mean, mm. he's good now. He's going to be good in 10 years' time, pretty much. So, uh, yeah, as a certain player, you could probably think maybe a Taylor Adams or a Travis Boak type of player as well, but definitely I think Selwood is the main one, just hard as a cat's head, will give you at least 10 years of really good service in the midfield and one of the players that you can depend on each and every week and can help the real team dynamic as well with these, you know, his leadership qualities and he's just tough and uncompromising footy. Excellent. Is he... Is he talented sort of by hand and by foot as well? Or is he, do we maybe need to compromise a little bit? We get all of the hardness and all of those other qualities, but, or, or have we picked up a genuine, he can, he's uh, quality by foot, by hand as as well as being a tough nut? Um, He's got a big penetrating kick, so he can kick, you know, that 50 metres and when he connects, it's really good. There's a few times where he maybe doesn't lower the, the eyes quite as much or, He's a little bit, you know, erratic out of the stoppage. But, I mean, there's a lot of midfielders that are like that. As soon as they win that ball, they're just getting boot to ball at times. But he's very creative by hand. He He's very clean. He doesn't fumble. And he's always, if he's giving off a handball, he's quickly getting into position to receive another handball and surge the ball forward. So he's a natural midfielder. I mean, you look at the, the likes of Selwood, Boke and and Adams, you're not, you don't think of how well they use the ball a lot of the time. You just know them for being contested, wins the ball there every week, getting your 30 touches and what, five to 10 tackles a game. And I mean, that's that's all you could want from Hobbs. I mean, you've got players like Merritt on the outside that'll use the ball really well. And not not to say that Hobbs doesn't use the ball well, but it's not what he's there for, to, to be honest. Yeah, no, that's cool. That's cool. So the I guess our next selection, um, pick 46, uh, Alistair Lord, uh, has a fantastic highlights reel. <laughs> Um, can you, can you tell us about him and, and, you know, just from someone else who kind of knows the draft well, um, he, he, his kind of words to me was that this, 
this guy could be probably maybe the most exciting player from the draft group as to like a to watch like a hindy kind of feel like he, he's actually going to be a, a really good player and you should be excited about it. Yeah, he's um, pretty much the Nick Hine replacement, you know, down the track. So, I mean, Nick Hines, you know, he's around that 27, 28 years old now. So uh, he's very likely got maybe four lucky if he, he's got five years left. So Lord will be the one that you'd hope in that three to four year period is a regular off halfback and really starting to hit his straps. I mean, yeah, his rebound ability is awesome. He just runs and carries and weaves in and out. And he's actually a really good kick as well. So he uses the ball well. Uh, he's not, you know, erratic with his kicking. He's very direct. He's very compact with his kicking as well. So uh, he's very reliable coming out of halfback. Uh, he is light. Like he's still still not, you know, he's not going to attack senior footy pretty early on until he, you know, adds a bit of, bit of strength and a bit of conditioning. But um, once he's done that, he's just going to be really hard stop off halfback. Uh, there was a few question marks for, for a few people for his defensive actions, but I don't think it was actually too bad. I think when, when he is there to spoil, he does pretty well and he's got a decent enough uh, competitive nature to him. So I don't think that's as much of a concern. So um, I could still probably see him early days being able to, uh, you know, do, do a job on a, on a, you know, a fast, small forward and maybe not offer the amount of rebound early days, but certainly something he could get with a bit more confidence and a bit more years under the belt. Do you think he has the ability possibly, if by pure need, to maybe be on the other end of the ground as well and be a goal sneak if 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 the need was would came up? Um, yeah, there's a lot of smaller players that can um that, you know, that when they're coming through their junior ranks, if you're a small and quick player, you're very likely playing off either halfback or you're on the wing or you're up forward. So I wouldn't think that forward line would be too foreign to him. But uh, with his skill set, he'd definitely make a pretty good small forward if given the chance. But, you know, he hasn't played that position at all from what I've seen from his under-18s. He's only played off half-back and a little bit on the wing. So it's hard to say, but, I mean, you would have seen for the highlights some of those running goals. I mean, you don't have to be playing off half-back to, to get them in the modern yeah. game. I mean, yeah. so mm. many of the small forwards will push up the Sorry, will push up the ground and... Uh, um, and then come back the other way, and then you can kick those goals anyway. But uh, it looks like he'd be the type that would, you know, put on a bit of pressure and offer a bit of speed there. But uh, it'd be something you'd need to trial first in maybe the VFL to just see how it goes. But, yeah. I mean, at worst, he's probably looking to be a pretty damaging halfback. So, but, but with his athletic profile, you could try it, and he might do all right there. I mean, you never know. I mean, uh, Jason Castagna from Richmond was a pure running defender during his under-18. Yeah year but then was played forward for Richmond so uh, there's a lot of players that you don't know that have the uh, versatility I think Blake Hardwick was another for Hawthorne he was just a full forward for his whole juniors and then they played him in a back pocket and he hasn't looked back so uh, wouldn't rule it out yeah so we went to then pick 50 and maybe as a surprise to quite a lot of people that that this name was read out or Garrett McDonough um yeah, I mean, it was probably to even draft experts, this was like a, a very left field <laughs> selection and probably hadn't done too much homework on him uh, because of the age 25 and, and Richmond VFL. It, it's hard to know what you're going to get, but it seems like what you do get is is a, a, a weapon of a, of a left boot. <laughs> yeah, so um, uh, it was surprising uh, reading it because I'd 
never heard of the name. Like even back when he first started, I couldn't recall the name before when I was looking through the draft. And um, uh, luckily on the live uh, stream, uh, Michael Alvaro, one of our people at Rookie Me, uh, he played junior football with him. So he's actually um, no, knows quite a bit about him and has followed him for a while. So luckily we had someone who knew exactly what type of player he was <laughs> and what he can do. And from from what I can tell, he's a just awesome kick of the footy. He's a hard runner. Just it's a good good player uh, all in all just for what he would provide. He's not, not probably not going to be your superstar player, but someone who can, you know, play a role at halfback or wing, be a good kick. Uh, when I think of really good left footers coming off of a halfback and a wing, I think of Ricky Dyson back, back you know, over a decade ago. Yes. His lethal left foot was a real weapon, but um, it'd be nice to have another lethal left foot coming out of halfback. And, um, yeah, uh, he, he's... Seems like a, a pretty smart pickup, considering you've already taken a very uh, ready-made player in Hobbs that's already going to make that best 22 and extended really strong. You've got another player that puts pressure on the wings and the half-backs to yep. perform. And uh, it just shows that the club is thinking, you know, we, we should be attacking the finals hard next year as well. We want players that will be ready to go. I mean, you've got another year into Ham, another year into Durham and, and all these other years. Yep young guys that'll get another year on. I mean, they, they want to make sure that when they're when it's finals time, they've got players that are ready to go, even if there's a little bit of an injury list. So it, it seems like a pretty astute pickup. Maybe we could have picked some of those other players that we'd be considering, you know, later on that, you know, we could have picked and let him go a bit further. But, I mean, if you just want to make sure he's on the list, he's a mature age, you can guarantee that he'll be right to go. Uh, I don't see too much of a problem with it. No, it, it does sound like a, a he's... He's kind of like one of the most interesting players to to I'll watch on the preseason, just to see how he meshes. Because I remember last year with Hindy, uh, we played sort of in the forward line for the Saints, and then I thought I'll go down to training, and then it was very obvious, actually quite early, that he was going to have a big impact. Like it was, it was, it, I mean, one he was so excited to be at the club, but it, it was just you know you could see straight away. You go, oh, he's going to play seniors. So I'll be very interested to see watching uh, Garrett play because, he, you know. He's got competition. Yeah. He's, he's ball use. And, you know, it was one thing that, that Truck has kind of consistently said that, you know, we do turn over the ball in bad spots, like from halfback and midfield. That causes opposition goals. Uh, so I think it's an, an astute pickup because it – it you know if you have him and Ridley kicking off half back, you you, you feel like it's a little bit in safer hands, and, and you can and it sounds like he's an aggressive kick too, where it's actually you can it ends up being a chain of a score. So I, I really like it. Uh, I you know I know people say he's age twenty five, but you know you can play to easily thirty one, thirty two, and you know I think you know personally me. I'm I'm excited about where the club is in two years' time, um, about what they can do and possibly try and work themselves into a top four kind of spot. And he's ripe 27 then, ripe to go. Um, so I, I like it. Um, Depth. It's, I, 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 think yeah. it's, it, I think it's great. I mean, you could you could have drafted a, a number of kids. Ed could tell us probably the the kids that were around him when we, when we drafted him at that spot. But you also need – dependable guys who can come in and play a game, right? Because there's Kelly, Redmond, Ridley, Stewart, 
Francis plays down there, if Heppel plays down there, if Hindy's going to play down there. There's a lot of backmen to choose from now, right? And you've got Durham as well, and you've got McGrath might head down there. Even, even Cutler now. So. Even Cutler now right, down there. So there's a lot of options for us. So if, if I don't know, maybe because he had a half-decent game, if Cutler starts the season and gets injured, bring in Durham. If Durham gets injured, you can bring in um, old mate, Donna. So there's, there's a lot of depth in uh, in picking yeah. him up, I think. And I think that's a, it's a great selection. Well, yeah, I mean... The interesting part was obviously they've brought in Kelly twenty six and now McDonough twenty five. We are probably at the start of the year going to be the second or third youngest side in the AFL. So it's it's not like it's it's not a crazy idea to have a little bit more experience, especially coming back. in for depth. Uh, and and you know if you look at his whole career and he tried out for American football for half a year and uh, you know he's going to be desperate. You, the one thing you do know, he's going to be, you know, this is his career just started, and he's going to be, you know, I reckon from session one, he'll be, he'll be right. Let's go, and I can make an actual um, career out of this. So, look, we'll go on to obviously, we went then to the rookie selection. So we kind of said that's it for the night on the draft night, um, and then we went to the rookie selection, the three p.m. rookie selection, pick number nine. Um, Oh, Patrick Voss. Patrick, yeah, Patrick Voss. Patrick Voss, 194 centimetres. Uh, all I know, I know very little about him. All I know is from Vision that he's an angry young man. <laughs> and uh, it was interesting to even hear uh, uh, Dodoro say that um, that they wanted to address, even when we're speaking about Voss and Hobbs, uh, they wanted to uh, address a bit of mongrel into the side. like a, Yeah. Uh, and we remember the Jason Johnsons and Solomon. So I was interested to hear Dodoro talk about Voss and saying him and Hobbs, they actually want to bring a bit of physicality and in-your-face kind of mongrel. Um, so uh, I'm hoping you're back with us. Ed, can you hear me? Uh, some of us cutting out quite a bit. It's yeah, not going too well. Uh, if you can, just tell, tell us a quick about Voss and – If you can tell, tell us about Voss. Oh, nope, it's gone. <laughs> Sorry. So Voss. Um. So Scotty, uh, had you have a good day today? Uh, <laughs> so Voss is 194 centimeters. Can you hear me, man? We'll just yeah, I can hear you. But yeah, it's we're just asking. We're just asking you to to share just your thoughts on Voss. Yeah. So uh, Vossy's got the best stiff arm in the in the game. Like he's better than Dustin. Ability to just, you know, a kid's coming at him trying to tackle him and he goes, nope, puts the palm out <laughs> and that kid's going to the ground. It's quite, quite quite incredible. I mean, I heard he's got a bit of a rugby background and it doesn't surprise me the way he can just stiff arm a player and, and get them out of the way and give himself a bit of extra time. I mean, he's not the quickest player out there, but his ability to, um, you know, take a mark overhead, he's got he's pretty good overhead. He's got pretty good smarts for a taller player. So, yeah, he's a really, really nice prospect, I think. Uh, I was surprised to see we, that we actually took him, but uh, I, I was pretty stoked because and he had that one key thing that, you know, something that all of us at uh, Rookie Me really noticed. And uh, he's got a bit of versatility as well. He can play through the midfield. He can also go down back. So he's kind of a blank canvas as to what you want to do, but he's definitely got the competitiveness and the size to be uh, uh, a player to look out for the, for the next few years. Yep. 
Look, uh, look. Uh, what we'll do, we'll cut it a little bit shorter just because I, I, I obviously I'm aware that you're having internet issues. If you can hear me, um, is there any names that you think we could look at for the remaining spots? Obviously, we Dodoro had mentioned that we're going to invite some players down to training to a bit like what we did with Waterman last year to see if they can get onto the list and it may be a more needs base. Um, if sat like to me, Dodora was pretty clear that they, they want to bring one person in uh, that's going to train with us and leave one spot open for the mid season draft again. That's, that's kind of how I read between the lines about what Dodora was saying. Is there any names we sh- could possibly look at um, that we'll invite to training? Yeah. So I think the, yeah, so um, the main one that I think is probably going to be Ronald Fago Jr. I mean, our interest in him has been pretty apparent through the year and uh, he certainly seems like the type you'd really want to add to the list. I mean, uh, I, I don't think we'd have enough Indigenous boys compared to, you know, previous years and we've usually been a really good Indigenous club, uh, you know, really uh, doing well in that in that area. So he'd be a nice one to see. I mean, he's an exciting talent. He's quick. He's mobile. He's very clean. He's got good skills. Uh, he mostly plays on the wing, but he could play half forward or even half back. Uh, another one I really like who was in my top 40 that didn't quite get uh, taken is Jamison Ballantyne, who's a really nice, smooth moving wingman. Uh, he's a good young player with a good head on his shoulders. He's got good evasiveness. Uh, I really like him. And if he doesn't get picked up at all, I'd really like to see him play under 19s because I feel like he'd add pretty good value. Yep. Um, but apart from that, I mean, there's a few players that are rather close that you could maybe look at. Uh, Charlie Mullins uh, definitely fits the bill as a player that can run all day, uh, can play numerous positions. He's a good size. Uh, he's probably not as quick as a lot of other players, but I, I do really like his competitive nature. He's very clean. He's got fairly good skills. And, yeah, that versatility is really important. And he seems like a, a type of player that would do well in our system. So, Yep. So. Those are probably just the three names I'd be looking at the moment. But uh, if we have any other players that uh, hop along, it'd be nice if I've actually seen them. I'm like uh, Donu, but uh, yeah. And it's not. It's not always. I think it's still pretty exciting. I mean, w- yeah. I was going to say it's not always youth um, that that gets invited too. I mean, mm. you could have. I'm just saying an example, like a Braden Sear. Um, it's it's obviously guys who are obviously been cut from lists as well. Um, whether it's a Gibbons from Carlton or that kind of thing. So it'd be really interesting to see who they invite uh, because apparently I don't think they can train till December. Uh, I was kind of told that today, but you can confirm that. But I was told it had to be from December 1st onwards uh, that they that they have to start training at the club. So we're talking, which is not talking long at all, have we? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting maybe even Friday to see if, the, if there's, a, there's a group of new names. Um, that, that come on board. But uh, thank you so much, Ed. Uh, you've been awesome again. Um, hopefully, I know you you get your new internet package tomorrow. So yes. <laughs> future crossovers will be a lot more smoother. But um, thank you so much for joining us, mate. Uh, we so much appreciate it. Uh, and, yes, uh, hopefully you've got another year of, of looking at the draft for next year. So we'd love to stay in touch. Um, and obviously talk through maybe uh, halfway through the year about what kids are, are looking good for for the for the next draft and and no doubt um, there'll be an eye on the day ones like the Davies and uh, the next year Mercedes and uh, it'll be interesting even to see if Tax Wanganine 
um, what what the club sees him in the future. So uh, a lot to talk about even during the year about where our academy players are at, um, where the Davies are at. So uh, don't be a stranger. We'd love to invite you back, uh, uh, you know, even next year and, and as the year goes on and see where the kids are going. So have an awesome night, Ed, and thank you for joining us again. Thanks, mate. Yeah no, yeah, no worries. It was great to be on again and I uh, look forward to chatting a bit more of the draft uh, next year. It's going to be an exciting year with the Davey Twins and a few NGA players. So, yeah, really looking forward to it. Sounds good, mate. All the best. Have a great night. Those sweet, sweet tunes, baby. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. A massive thank you to uh, uh, to Ed Pascoe for being on the show and giving us his expert opinion. I mean, like, seriously, there's nobody in this uh, in, in the uh, in the world that's got the same kind of knowledge of him. Cal Toomey, we love to death as well, but mate, Ed's a it's a great guest on, and um, we know just from the from the listens and stuff how much you guys love it when he comes on as well. So uh, a massive thank you to Ed again. But just uh, just while in the break there, there was some that 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 breaking news. We crossed the Scotty McNeese live from the Central Missionary Position. Yes, we couldn't say it at the start of the show because it was funny because we said Fajo Junior, but you know. Uh, let's just... Let it was from a birdie who told a little birdie. <laughs> yes, we actually knew about this today, but we weren't allowed to say anything. But now Channel 7, Mitch Clary, uh, have finally broken the news. Fajo Junior will be coming down to the SM Football Club to train with a squad for a lost possible list spot. A, a lost piss spot. possible <laughs> piss spot. Okay. <laughs> yes, a possible list spot. Yeah, um, that's actually well said. Uh, so, yeah, look... You know, you probably Grant can see my face. I am so happy. Um, look, this, this is if just go into YouTube, type in F E J O Junior G N R. Just watch this kid play. Uh, I, you know, he'll be an excitement machine. Indigenous. He actually plays more wing, to be honest, mm. but he, but he is only one eighty one centimeters. And when he does go down forward, he is dangerous as all get the out. Indigenous so. boys love a goal, mate. They love a goal. <laughs> if you put him in a forward pocket, he will love it. He's got one of the best sidesteps you've ever seen on a football field. So he'll cause havoc. Uh, so I'm really excited that that the club has invited him down um, for a possible list spot. You know, I I just so hope it works out, I must admit. But, look, that's, that's exciting news that obviously, you know, there's no doubt it's an area – that we probably need some depth in. So, uh, again, right strategy, going, you know, right invite. So I'm See, ha- they're still talking about it, right? So what, 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 what did we need? We needed a small forward potentially uh, moving forward. We went after one. We went after another. We couldn't get them for a number of different reasons. So we've gone after another kid. Like the, the, the mindset is there from the club to address – the issues, well, not the issues, yeah, address they under- what we think we need. They understand where the list is at. That's, uh, well yeah. said. Yeah, that's it. Now, one one more small piece of breaking news, Scotty. Yes. Um, on uh, Friday of last week. Oh, true. Yes. Yeah. Yes. On Friday of last week, I was very lucky enough to attend a uh, one of my suppliers' Christmas drinks. 
um, in at uh, the Eureka Tower, which was all very lovely. Um, and I was there having a great time with those guys. And all of a sudden, a very large, a very tall, um, skinny bloke walked straight past me. I had one quick look, and then I had another quick look and went, that's Nathan Lovett Murray. Now, I was not told that Nathan Lovett Murray was turning up to this event. Um, he actually is uh, doing some work with the St Kilda Footy Club at the moment and this supplier sponsors the St Kilda Footy Club. So Nathan was there to talk about um, Indigenous uh, initiatives and the like at that um, party. Now, I, I messaged Scott and, and just said, oh, oh yeah, I'm going to ask. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to ask. Um, so I got introduced to Nathan, a, a more lovely bloke you won't meet, um, really softly spoken but a really nice bloke and I can confirm he's coming on the show. So go. we're going to get Nathan. He gets. He did say he gets a million uh, podcast requests, and he tries to accommodate all of them. But he said um, uh, that he'd uh, he'd come on the show. So we're going to uh, we're going to get in touch with him and, and see at what point in the future we can get him on the show. So that'll be a really interesting chat. Yeah, that's good. Get mate, that's a good opportunity ah, to get. So nice look, uh, look to to finish off the show. Um, I. I've gone to three training sessions now. I uh, actually went Friday and Monday, so I've been, been to the last two yep. training sessions. A lot of people ask about what's happening, uh, who you're seeing uh, on the track, you know, that's that's looking good. Obviously, look, it's November, so please note it's early days and they, they don't do... Everybody looks brilliant. Yeah, and they don't do much match simulation, to be honest. So some, some sessions can be an hour of laps and a lot of running and, you know, you... You know, it's very hard to report on because uh, the, it's it's a very much a running session. So bear that in mind. Uh, look, some names that I think I've really liked, and I'm going to start off with an unusual one that might surprise people. I'm going to start off with Devin Smith. Uh, Devin Smith, we've been can be good or yeah. can be we, sometimes we have very bad. Yeah, we have critiqued him, uh, and I think fairly uh, about. Uh, I'll say. Ill-disciplined acts that have cost fifties or goals, yeah, and got a little um, ahead of himself. Yeah, and not so much doing some team things. So he obviously, you know, puts in a lot. Uh, so we we do get that, um, but it probably had a a bit of frustration with some fans about not always doing the team things. And um, and let's be honest, some of those fans were us. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. I, you know. Uh, Bear in mind, I go pretty much to training every year, year on year, and to quite a lot of sessions. So you see patterns in people, right? And Devin Smith is one of those guys, lovely guy, you know, but, you know, if there's a goal to be had, even at training, he's going to have it over oh, here. Yeah, absolutely. And, and stick with his mates. And this year has been by far uh, the best Devin Smith version I've seen. Uh, and he's been... I would say the most encouraging player uh, out of the group this year. He's, I mean, whether he's had some, you know, just some kind words spoken to him at the uh, yeah. at the end of season review, um, but he's come out a different person. Uh, there was a, a, a player today. There was a two kilometer trail. There was a player today that was struggling a bit, um, still running obviously, but struggling. Devin Smith had just finished his 2K. And I understand when these guys do it, they bend over like almost yeah, that, like... that's world-class fit athletes are absolutely ruined at the end of it. Yeah, yeah. It was like 24 degrees and they're, they're, they're you know, they were, they were exhausted. Um, and he's finished his and he's seen the guys struggling and he's actually ran over and finished it with him. 
um, and just talking to him the whole way saying, come on, mate, come on, we're going to get you through this. Um, and, and he's done this several times. Uh, I've seen ones where a player's gone down and, and we thought, oh, that might be a slight injury, and he's bolted over, picked the guy up, saying you're all right. Um, he's been really positive in his instructions. Um, and look, and and I guess the I guess the critical thing for him, he came back in the first week with all the young players, which I thought was a really good sign. Um, but he looks really fit and moving really really well. So I got this funny feeling that Devin Smith might be the a bit of a surprise packet. Now I say surprise because he has won a Crichton, so obviously he can play very very well. But <laughs> but no doubt he had the the knee soreness. Uh, that really affected him almost 2019, 2020. Uh, even 2021, I think it took him to about round 12 or 13 until he, he almost fight, he started to get a little bit of his old self back. And I thought the back end of this year, he started to show some really good signs. I think that's carried on into training. So I've just got this funny feeling about Devin Smith this year that um, – yeah, that he might be a really, really big player for us. So if he can get his manic pressure back, remember he was averaging almost like eight tackles a game. Yeah. Um, if he can get that back, it was it would be so invaluable, um, especially in the small forward area. So one to look out for. Um, and the, look, I'll go to the other surprise little packet because uh, I've probably been, I wouldn't say critical, but um, but Dylan Shill also, the exact same thing. Um been really good with the guys. Again, came back early, been doing a lot of instruction work to some of the younger core, been a bit of a mentor to a few of them, I've been told. Yep. Oh, boy, he's a fit. Like, he was they, they, he was in the top five in the two-kilometer time trial today, just moving really well. Uh, he's obviously done quite a bit of practice on his goal kicking, so he, is, he was having a lot of set shots, but he was nailing them all. So uh, that's uh, it just tells me a little bit that they, they might – he obviously will play definitely some midfield minutes, but he will probably play, you know, maybe 20, 30% more in the up forward as well. Yep. Um, just because we've got a deeper midfield, there's going to be a bit more rotations around. Um, so I think they're trying to develop his forward craft a bit um, just to be more dangerous. Uh, so, yeah, he was looking really good. Uh, he wasn't there today, so I don't know what's wrong with him, but Prior to today, Francis actually has been really, really good. Um, he's been really energetic, really, um, uh, yeah, physical, uh, and and looks looks uh, looks really trim. Looks moving across the ground really well. Uh, I've been really thrilled with him. I've been thrilled with McGrath. McGrath came, I think, uh, if I remember, third today in the two kilometer time okay. trial. Um, I think I've been watching him. He, he's had some really good skill moments. Um, so uh, it must have been something he's just been wanting to work on, just his uh, used by foot. So I think it's been a really impressive um, preseason by him. Another guy that, you know, he, he's going to be in some people's not in best 22 and some people's best 22. He's currently in my best 22. And that's just what I'm seeing by by the training sessions. Training sessions. Yeah. Sam Durham. I, I have him in this side. He's built up, so he's got the bigger shoulders now. I mean, got, people got to remember this is his first preseason. You feel you don't have that kind of preseason. He was a full-time tradie last year um, yeah. before he got picked up. So this is his first professional job outside of being a tradie where he's had a full preseason, three sessions a week, that kind of thing. So I think he'll improve quite considerably, but he looks really good. He came uh, – 
what did he come? He came he came fourth in the time trial today. Um, so okay. again, really, really impressive. Not running. the kind of not the kind of guy that you would imagine. No, I, I generally was surprised. I thought, oh, you've been working really hard on your fitness, uh, and he's been in the gym. It just moves across the ground really nicely, and just you forget how tall he is and how good yeah. he's overhead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I just think there's a genuine spot for him. I think he's a great utility player that you have in your side. That is a miss to fix it in various areas. If you want to help him marking forward, say Langford's injured. On a or, wing or something know, like that. Yeah, he plays wing definitely um, and plays half back easily if he wants to. So um, I, I reckon he's been really, really impressive. So um, There's another kid taking his chance. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, he seems like he he probably knows he's on the borderline um, and he's not, he's, uh, he's not going to let anyone sort of <laughs> – uh, decide. <laughs> Maybe like him and Donna, same thing. Uh, mm. McDonough or is it Donna? The McDonough? McDonough? McDonough, yeah. Him and McDonough, like they, they've got the motivation. Yeah. They, maybe they didn't think they were going to actually end up on an AFL list and they, they, they're they hungry, basically. Yeah, I mean, look at the – I mean, and, there's, and look at the guy who finished first in the time trial, which is Snelling. I mean, a guy – Talk about taking your, taking your, <laughs> your chance. Yeah, again, a mid-season draft. Um, yeah. Third in the Crichton, first in the two-kilometre time trial. Take so, it. That's taking your uh, your chances. And it's, and you got to you got to get. I mean, I know it sounds funny because he doesn't have big legs. So I know this sounds funny, but when you have small legs, two-kilometre time trial, you you have to pump those legs to beat guys even like even like the long the six long foot six of, guys with long strides. Yeah, like Reedy and even Josh Hare for the <laughs> mate, someone like that with big long strides who are as fit as a fiddle. They're young kids, right? They can run all day, and with longer strides than Snell, mate, he's gonna ha- he's would have been working harder than those blokes. Yeah, I mean he's an absolute beast physically at the moment. So, yeah. but yeah, he. He's a, he's a testament. Look, there's been a lot of there's been quite a few modified guys. Like Langford hasn't trained. Langford's just been doing laps for three or four weeks. Parrish is a little bit the same. They look absolutely okay. Like you, when you look at them, you go, I don't even know what's wrong with you. Why you're in the modified? It could be management. Could be a whole lot of stuff. But um, yeah, so there's there's a few guys in the modified group. Laverde's been not very visible to be honest lately. So I don't know where he's at. Cox. Um, I believe has a, a has an injury, but I'm not quite sure the details. But he definitely was for me and to my eyes limping today um, in just in, in just normal clothes. So there was something up. Uh, so there's a few little odds and ends that we'll, hopefully the club can clarify where those things are at. But overall, I think they've come back uh, really really well. Um, you know, they've been out on the track almost for three weeks already and we're still in November. So uh, all credit to him. Merritt came back today, looked fine. Stringer's been really, really impressive. So, I, you know, I can't help think we're in a good spot. Uh, and I think we're trying to aim to be as healthy as we can by early next year when yeah. the match simulations really kick up. Yep. So that's about it for me. Uh Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Uh, yes, good. absolutely. Thank you again to Ed Pasco for joining us, mate. What he doesn't know about AFL drafts and, and draft season, you don't need to know. So a massive thank you to him. And um, a, a decent podcast for our first one back, Scotty. Enjoyed that. Exactly. Look, and also, look, I just will say, by the way, for any club officials listening, big congratulations on how good the hangar looks. All the landscaping's been done now. It looks absolutely brilliant. Like, I honestly, I don't say that just to be sucking up or anything mm. like that. 
it looks absolutely spectacular what they've done to the grounds around you know of the of the club. Okay, it, it looks like a, a stunning professional outfit. The whole club now, so the landscaping's brilliant. Um, so get you if you can go down there. Hopefully, the family day's coming up fairly soonish. So are you allowed yeah. in the ground yet? Yeah, yeah, you can just okay, great. Yeah, you can go down and watch. From the fence, easy. So no, oh, from the fence, but not the outside fence. Like they're letting you in oh, yeah, yeah. to the ground fence. They're letting you in the ground. Cool. Uh, I haven't had it confirmed, but there was a rumour that the cafe and the club will be open December 6th. Okay. Um, but I haven't had that totally confirmed. But uh, no, but you can just go down watch tra- watching training and nice. be a metre from the guys. So Very nice. As they're walking in and out. So. Yeah, it's but the the whole the whole place looks so spectacular, and um, so all credit to everyone involved and in how they've you know they made the the grounds and everything look. So that's us signing off. Thank you, everyone. Yep. Good to good to be back. Um, that's kind of the trade draft rookie selection kind of done with. So I don't know when our next podcast will be because there's a the players go on a Christmas break. Yep. Um, in a couple of weeks. So look, there will be. Just being honest, there will be a bit of downtime. Uh, and and maybe, hopefully, if someone allows me, I may be going on a trip. So uh, we'll see. Yes. Uh, so Depends yeah. on if Omnicron or Bomnagon or Momasom <laughs> or whatever bloody alphabetic gamut get a better variant comes in. So who knows? Who knows uh, what, what they'll allow me to do. So I, I have about... But I do have four weeks annual leave. So to be honest, we will be a bit quiet for the remaining of the year. But yep. And there's nothing actually happening, so which is understandable. <laughs> Pretty tough to talk about, really. So, look, thank you, everyone, you know, uh, on behalf of myself and Grant. You know, if this is our last one, or it may be not, but if this is our last one, you know, for the year, I just want to say a massive thank you for the support that we've got in 2021. Huge. Um, the, you again, know, we've, we've grown our numbers. We've grown our total yeah. listens again this season. And that's thank you to everybody um, that listens and all of our new members um, and our Patreons, especially the guys that support us financially to be able to, um, to do things like the live show, to upgrade our PC, to get some half decent mics um, and, uh, to do stuff like that. So our, our Patreon's a massive thank you. But to our, to our regular listeners um, that just tune in um, for the post-game show, for the team selection shows, all those, all the different, the main show that we're doing now, we really, really appreciate it. So um, we're really looking forward to a new year. Every year around this time, it gets me. It gets us both. I know. We, uh, we've completely forgotten about what happened last year. We've got some fresh faces at the club. They're going to be running around. The boys are on top of the ground. It's all good things. We're going into Christmas break so we've got a pair of happy boys here at the lunchtime catch up yep yep uh so thanks everyone uh look we, we may come back but if not have a great christmas have a great time with your family uh it's been another rough year enjoy family enjoy the sun uh and enjoy going out going to a cafe and, and just enjoying life so wishing everyone the best uh this is grant uh, and scott and the lunchtime catch up podcast signing off I was going to, but I was going to wait for you. That's the worst sign off right at the end that we've ever done. Bye, everybody. (laughs) Bye, everyone. (laughs) No, really, we're really sorry about that. That was was an awful ending.
Go, you big red fire engine. <laughs> Go, Fejo Jr.